This is the Astrology University podcast, helping you find inspiration, insight, and connection through the study of astrology. And I'm your host, Tony Howard. Well, welcome, folks, to this episode of the Astrology University podcast. I am here with uh, the lovely Hadley Fitzgerald, who's an astrologer and licensed psychotherapist in Southern California. And she has been an astrologer for many, many years and is very gifted. And we're really uh, thrilled to have you on the show, Hadley. Well, it's delightful to be here, Tony. And I appreciate Astrology University so much and what you do there. And I'm just uh, delighted to talk to you. <laughs> awesome. So uh, I had the idea to talk to you on this podcast um, about a conversation we were having about astrology and psychology and you were talking about what astrology has to contribute to psychology. And I thought that was a really interesting topic. Um, you know, we, we all are familiar with psychological astrology and what psychology has contributed to astrology, I think. But um, interesting to kind of flip the, to reverse that a little bit and have that conversation. So I thought we could, we could talk about that a little bit and talk about a little bit more about your work and your background so that people could get to know you better. Sure, I'd be glad to do that. Um, you know, I started out as an astrologer, and um, there was a time in those early years where um, there, there was an actual moment when I was sitting with a client, and I don't remember what I saw in her chart, but I remember where we were sitting, and, and I, I made an observation, and she burst into tears, and I suddenly realized I didn't know what to do with that other than empathize and have compassion and so forth and I thought oh she needs more help with this than I felt qualified to give and certainly ethically and skills and, and so forth and and uh, so I thought, oh well I need to get a list of therapists to refer someone like this to so I did that from a friend I listed three therapists and it was that thing of oh I hope now this person gets the kind of help she needs or anybody that comes after her might need and you know I went along with that for a few months and it didn't happen a lot but there there was a day where I just was sitting in my office and I thought huh why don't I get training to do this and then uh, it's very much like a wave came over me and I thought oh of course astrology and and Astrology is going to be part of the of the future of psychology. These two things are going to be blended. I don't know why I thought that. This is a decades ago, but I just was I just knew it in my bones. And whether I live to see it or not, that's really was my thought. I might not live just long enough to see this because it could take fifty years before astrology is accepted by psychology. But I I want to be part of doing that. And um, so that's what sent me to graduate school. And I was very lucky to find a particular graduate school that would accept, uh, not endorse, but would accept that I had this, uh, that I was bringing this with me. And so what I've seen over the years, now this has evolved and they've, they've mixed together uh, quite thoroughly where I used to keep them more separate than, than I do now, where astrology grants us the gift of symbolic sight it it's evocative and and 
you know, we have, we have psychological evaluating and testing and measuring and categorizing. And, and that can describe a lot about a person in terms of their personality, in terms of the culture they're in. But there's just so much about us that can't be measured or quantified, no matter how much data you gather or how many printouts you do. And, and also the, the field of psychology, understandably, has focused on let's say, how to get rid of problems, solve problems. And, and to me, it, it, it ignores or puts aside the human need for understanding something more comprehensive about this life we live. And so it, it's tended to treat psychotherapy and spiritual growth as mutually exclusive. And, and you know, religions, formal religions can kind of do that uh, in, in reverse, where, you know, here's your spiritual growth, but all the trauma and the psychological, you know, difficulties you've been through in your life, uh, that's, we, we don't deal with it. So it kind of keeps that split going in the culture. And, and in academia, um, psychology has been um, scientized, uh, if you will, and the schools of thought in psychology, in, in, in the training that people get, have you know dominated the field for for years? That's changing now uh, because we have depth psychology schools. And we have a, we have a lot. There's a lot that, that's very helpful here, but still in the in that formal sense, um, there's you know we can go back to the Skinner box and behaviorism and cognitive behavioral therapy, and they all have their place. But there's this archetypal field, as we know, uh, or or river that is um, beneath that academic river and their values and their motivations and goals and emotions that are viewed very differently from an archetypal lens or through an archetypal lens than they, than they are through the, the formal uh, field of, of psychology. And, you know, that enables us to listen on a different level, enables the therapist to listen, me as a therapist to listen on a different level, but of course it enables the astrologer to listen on a different level too. And, and what we take for granted, but a therapist doesn't automatically have, is we can see the sign and the element and the aspects of someone's mercury and, and moon, and that helps me as a therapist know how to phrase and rephrase observations, you know, in order to suit the client or, or tailor to the client a bit more. So um, does someone need more concrete examples, more earthy examples or more theoretical expand, you know, all of that enters the picture. And one of the things that, that I find especially valuable is we as astrologers can symbolize what may have happened <clears throat> historically and when. So I can look at solar arcs and I can factor in when transits may have triggered a natal aspect in the chart and that can help jog the memory and the psyche of the client to go searching for what he or she experienced during a particular time. It's like following a trail to the castle or into the deep woods, you know, where something is being held for discovery. And so just the, the, what looks like a simple act of uh, saying to a client, so what happened when you were, because I know what I'm, I'm looking for, let's say a moon square Pluto or a sun square Saturn being, you know, by solar arc exact around say seven years and eight or nine months or so, 
people don't always remember, but the psyche then goes searching for that. And it can just be invaluable in the long run in, in the work with somebody because something was constellated at that time and everybody has a different experience of that aspect or an aspect like that. And, and what we want to know is how was this working in your life because it looks really important uh, in, in terms of our work. And what I can see now after doing, um, doing these two things for so many years, in therapy sessions, I, I see how the archetypes have unfolded in a particular chart, in a particular life, and how they're trying to evolve now. So there's a moment for me of, oh, that's how that's showing up. That's what it's trying to show us. It's, it's really exciting, and it helps guide the therapy process in a particular direction. For example, I have a, a client I've been working with for a while. She has Venus and Leo in the seventh house, ruling her fourth house cusp. And she was very, she had a very complex childhood, very difficult, very, um, you know, just let's say difficult. And she really had to hide herself very early in her family. And now, and I can see the ages at which that took place. And now she feels this tremendous and quite scary push from inside of herself to perform for a wider world. And, and we've got a whole lot of information that a therapist could have in, from a certain angle, but when you see those archetypal symbols there, it's just so much richer because this is an essential part of this person and it now wants to, to be out there. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard the wonderful quote from many years ago uh, from Rick Tarnas, um, he said, psychology textbooks of future generations will look back on modern psychologists working without the aid of astrology as being like medieval astronomers working without the aid of a telescope. And when I read that probably 25 or 30 years ago, and I thought, that's exactly it. And, and we have now, you know, with evolutionary astrology and depth psychology, we have an opportunity to explore the karmic story or karmic symbols or images in the chart um, that are part of this particular incarnation. And that becomes invaluable as well. And, you know, and through all of this, astrology has a life of its own and we're the servants of it as astrologers. And I just think that's such a blessing. For sure. Hadley, do you always integrate astrology and psychotherapy in your personal practice with people, with your clients? Um, no. Um, I, I do, you know, I do separate astrological consultations and I've been doing those for, for decades now. Um, and, and they have, a, a, you know, a, psych, a psychological underpinning uh, to them because of my therapeutic training and, and, and background and experience now. But there are therapy clients uh, for whom, well, first of all, therapy clients are, are there, are, are here or working with me to address very, very real life issues. So I have the chart as background and it gives me an enormous amount of information. And almost all of my therapy clients now are, they know I'm an, an astrologer and they're open to incorporating that into the, the, the sessions. But there's just real life work to be done. And, but it's done from my perspective, from an archetypal frame. 
So there's a deepening and, and there's an assessing of, of each client. I mean, are we in a state of emergency or crisis right now? Talking a whole lot about astrology is not going to be particularly helpful. We have some real life things to address here and, and deal with. Um, and I never use jargon. I don't talk about your Mars or your Saturn or, or anything like that in there. But I, I do say, well, at this time in your life, one of the things or here are a couple of things that are going on. And I put that into really layperson's language to bring a richer perspective on some of the difficulties and challenges that someone is dealing with. And now a lot of people find me because they've either you know they've been in therapy or they just want another perspective in addition to what psychology can offer. So is that is that answer your question? Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it made me think of another one though, which is I I know I've heard some astrological therapists say that astrology helps them speed up their work, that they can get faster, go deeper with the client yeah. than they could if they had to go through six months of discovery with them without astrology. Would you say that's, is that true oh, for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it's, um, it, they're, they're just things I just couldn't even think to ask, you know, if I didn't have the chart. And many, many years ago, a colleague um, had been working with a, a, a client of hers for quite a while, and, and we've all had this experience, and, and he worked hard in therapy, he changed a lot of things in his life, made a lot of, you know, good decisions, and, 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 and had a, some major transformation, she said, but there's this one place that he just kept getting stuck over and over and over again, and so she sent him to me for an astrological consultation, and um, I, you know, all I remember is I looked at something in the chart and I said, pursuant to what I was saying earlier, tell me what happened when you were around, I think it was something like 11, age 11, which is way wide for an astrological aspect, but it just clicked in my brain. I saw some symbols and I, you know, I mean, really the light bulbs went off on in his eyes and he said, oh my God. Well, that was when, and then he started to tell me the story about it, and it just, there it was, it opened up a whole thing, and we, we tracked it astrologically, and then he took it back to my colleague and, and worked on it in the therapy session, and it was, it was this one thing that was sticking him in a certain place, and this, uh, like, released the lid, the lid on the box, if you were. Uh, if you will, and and um, astrology can do that. Not always, not always. But he was also ready to really get to the root of something that kept hidden. In other words, the ego had gotten strong enough, and the soul said, "Okay, we can we can address this now." And uh, astrology provided the 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 key to doing that. I don't remember the symbols that I saw, but I remember that moment. I remember where he was sitting and everything uh, when that happened. And it's a great joy to be able to do that. Wow, that's cool. So it definitely helps with timing, it sounds like. Um, have you ever had the experience of, of uh, I guess, when you're working with somebody in an astrological context, and, and that's kind of a known, <laughs> known thing in your work together, um, are you looking at their chart while you're while, while they're talking and are you, um, 
are you kind of describing their chart to them or how does that process actually look like in the session um, in terms in terms of using the chart as a guide in a therapy session yeah um, I I do a very classic intake when I first see somebody I have um, either spoken with them on the phone or had a you know contact through email or or uh, something like that uh, and because they know I'm an astrologer and, and a therapist, I, I ask for accurate birth data. And um, I have it in the file. I've spent some time looking at it before I ever talk with them the first time. And then I just see where they want to go. It, it's not me laying a template on their experience in therapy or me having an agenda that we must address this astrologically. It's this is backdrop for me. It's wonderful foundation for me. And it gives me, again, that's what you said. It shortens the therapy process in that I've got a whole bunch of information, a whole lot of information from the chart. But I also don't know how this has shown up in their real life. Right. So it helps me generate questions about that. And one of the intake questions that I ask in a therapy session is about uh, traumas, roughly prior to the age of 18 and then I have a list of the traumas that people go through and we now know trauma is very very central organizing principle in people's lives and um, many times there's something in the chart that triggers uh, my extra layer of questioning about that and um, so I don't sit with the chart in front of me I'm focused on the client but I I have that kind of mind that I can see the chart when I've looked at it enough before I see them, I can see things in the chart. They're just kind of there. And I'm not saying there with a piece of paper in front of me because, um, and I, sometimes I pick it up to say, let me, let me refresh my memory about this uh, because they've said something and I think, Oh, that's that aspect. And that's what they're living out right now. Or that's what's being uh, constellated right now. So, uh, let me just get a little more information about that. You know, what other aspects are in there? Let's say something with the moon or something like that. Um, and uh, so it's really helping you ask better questions than you could without that roadmap. Oh, absolutely. And all the site again, as I said earlier, all the psychological testing in the world won't bring that information, you know, because this is soulful material and, one of the things that James Hillman, God bless his beautiful soul, said, you know, in his long and very productive life, he said, we have to put the soul back into psychology, psyche and logos, the study of the soul, the Greek root of the word. Um, psychology seems to have really just cast the soul aside somewhere along the way and and with the, the contemporary models of psychology, it's all about your mind and how you're thinking. And that's very important, but who's doing the thinking? You know, the soul is using the mind to do things in the world, uses the ego to do things in the world, but there's a deeper self that has come into this world with a particular, you know, as I've called it, the divine natal agenda. And, um, it, 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 there's, there's more here. So if we think of the chart as our first will and testament, um, and yet we're born 
into someone else's story about us in our family and in our culture, and we have to figure out what to do with the reality of that. And so one of the things that has happened in my professional life is the advent of a genuine depth psychology, which comes out of Jungian uh, thought, where there is this presumption of an autonomous, and we could even venture to say wise psyche, something that knows, and we don't always know what it knows, but it knows something. And it contains an archetypal reality, and that reality exists along with human perception and cognition. And, and yet we, we struggle in our human life because human cognition tries to yank the archetypal reality into what we want it to be. <clears throat> and there can be some powerful missteps when we haven't got these working more in sync with each other. And, um, uh, and, and, and again, Hillman, when he said, you know, he, he wasn't sure that, that, that psyche is taught in psychology, it's like the ology has captured the psyche and the logos has captured the psyche and we've turned it into a system and astrology is the antithesis of that. So we've got this chart. And, you know, we who are astrologers, we take it so for granted because, well, of course, you just have a chart, you know. But it, it gives us this vital that chart is a vital external map of an internal lifelong process. And that doesn't necessarily make life any easier, but it can make it more understandable. And our problems show up in the world and yet they have archetypal significance. And um, if we look around the wider world at this time in history, our failure to see the archetypal significance of things or the separation of the split uh, away from that uh, reality is in many ways, in many places, literally killing us and uh, certainly desiccating our, our lives. And, um, and if you look at the history of psychotherapy, our therapeutic ancestors, strictly speaking, were shamans and holy men and women and, uh, you know, witch doctors, if you will, who were trying to treat human distress. You know, you can go to a, a, a cave in southern France and supposedly 15,000 years ago, it's been there for 15,000 years, that cave, we can find a sorcerer depicted with deer's antlers and we can imagine that he was a therapist of some kind. And what that tells us is people have always needed to find meaning in their lives. And I think perhaps now more than ever, um, otherwise their life just flatlines in depression and boredom and ultimately a lot of despair as we're now seeing. And uh, you know, a lot of formal religion used to provide structure and meaning for a lot of the population, but that's been changing dramatically over the past several years. And, um, and no miracle medications, and there are medications that are very helpful to people. I'm very conservative about that, and I, my license doesn't allow me to prescribe, but I, I've seen them be helpful to people on, on certain occasions. But there's still no medication, and there's no cognitive behavioral technique that's really going to answer the question, why am I here? Or why is anything here? And... Um, 
So anyway, that was a long answer to your question. Oh, no, it was great. It was great. It kind of speaks to, I think, the popularity of, of, of programs at um, like CIIS and Pacifica. Um, I, a young woman who was working for me at Astrology University re recently got into a, a, what sounds like a really cool program at Columbia that's um, bridging the gap between, uh, I guess, spirituality and psychology or a more soul-based approach um, to psychology. So it seems like there's definitely some shift there, but did you, was that, that, that didn't really exist when you were doing your training, right? Oh, not at all. Not at all. It was, um, I, w I was very lucky to find and, and be mentored by, uh, uh, find a school. And then the, the, the creator of the school, Dr. Clinton Phillips, uh, was also became my mentor. I had tremendous respect for him. He was one of the pioneers in, uh, family systems in, in human systems thinking the von Bertalanffy systems theory applied to human life and to families. And so he, um, he was just one of the seminal figures in, in, in getting the training going around that. And when I, I tried to get into an academic program, I wanted those, you know, clinical chops that, that validated, you know, that I, I knew what I was talking about and all of that. And I cannot cont tell you, and I, I, I will not take the time to tell you how the universe conspired to keep me out of those programs. It became laughable at a certain point. Um, and I finally had to surrender because this school was there. I had been told about it. I said, no, no, it's not for me. And then finally I thought, okay, I guess it is. And then the gift of that was not only this wonderful man as my mentor, uh, who didn't want anything to do with astrology, and mind you. Uh, he couldn't understand why I was interested in it, but he was not disrespectful. Um, but I saw that systems theory was so completely resonant with astrology. Astrology is a system. There are members of an astrological family in your chart. And, and there was just this whole confluence that came together, and I knew I was in the right place. Ultimately, he let me write my master's thesis on astrology and family systems. And so that was back in the 70s. And um, I think it was, if it wasn't the first thesis on those two things, it was one of the only ones back in the day. Um, but people, it, it was interesting because people, I got good clinical chops from that program. He, Dr. Phyllis was very dedicated to us reading widely in the therapeutic field, we, we looked at all, I mean, the reading list would just break your back. Um, reading all the different models that were available. And then he said, you know, you will discard probably 90% of these and find the ones that fit into how you deal with human relationships. And uh, that's indeed what I did. But I also brought astrology to it from the get-go. And my mind was working all the time. On, yeah, so you were, you were telling me that before, earlier that you, you actually brought that into your thesis, so they, they allowed you to do that, or how did that work? Well, <laughs> um, humbly begging um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes, and you know, what he and, and the you know, people that approve these things were saying, okay, you have to do it along these certain guidelines, 
And as long as you can stay within those guidelines, you know, thesis, antithesis, antithesis, antithesis um, and, and uh, will, you know, basically they said to me, you know, take your chances. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, you know, I look back at that thesis because back in those days there were no computers and I had to type it. And it is stunning to me that I typed this thing. Right. Drew in all the diagrams and the studies of the two families, and and uh, but it, I learned a lot from it. And when I went, when I was asked to uh, back in uh, 2015, uh, when I was asked to teach uh, a series of uh, a year long series of webinars in China, uh, yep, yeah, my webinar I didn't go to China uh, to postgraduate students there. I, I looked back at that thesis and the material that I, I put in there and I thought, damn, that was pretty good. And, um, and I, I basically taught family systems through the eyes of astrology to the uh, Chinese students uh, in translation. Um, so that was an interesting experience to see how it's unfolded. And it, 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 it what family systems thinking did back in those early days, which I've carried with me forever, is it, it just, it, it does what astrology does. No single person in a family, no single factor in a chart is isolated. Everything affects everything else. And it's chaos theory, really, you know. The butterfly's wings, you know, and you've got a cyclone uh, halfway around the world, that, that kind of thing. But you can't look, there's, you, you can talk about somebody's Mars, you can talk about somebody's Saturn, you can talk about their moon, but they're connected to something else in the chart, and that's a qualifier. And you can't make an intervention in a family or in a chart without affecting the other people and the other factors involved. And there's just something gorgeous about that to me. And then um, Will Keepen did a, a seminar at a conference back in 1990, which is when I met Stephen Forrest, I remember, um, looking at fractals uh, and doing a whole diagram on, uh, of, of how fractals, I don't know if this was exactly what he was saying, but it's how I took it, how fractals show us the validity of astrology. It was just... It's just this magnificent system. It's just so magnificent. And to bring that into psychology, to bring that into therapy, to bring that into the communication that we have with therapy clients who are in various stages of their lives, in various kinds of stressed and complicated dilemmas, you know, is, is to me just such a beautiful thing to be able to do. Are you familiar with um, Aaron Sullivan's Family Dynamics book or um, Lynn Bell's Planetary Threads? Lynn, Lynn Bell's, yeah. Yeah, I was just curious if, because if, um, it seems like you were really developing uh, what you were doing, especially with your thesis, well before those books were had come out. Yeah. Um, and I'm just curious, um, when they came out, does, does, does the, is there, do you, is some of your work, um, I guess what I'm asking is, is there some kind of continuity there or is what you were doing really different? No, there's, there's continuity, you know, it, it, it's, uh, 
uh, it, it was interesting. Uh, I'm I'm less I'm more familiar with 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 Lynn's book, um, and and Brian Clark has done some work, um, which I recently discovered uh, too. Because I'm just interested in the whole subject constantly and constantly educating myself further about it. Um, it 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 it's that kind of thing where oh somebody has written more extensively about what I thought. Right. You know, and. Uh, it's a reminder to write down and get in print what you're doing uh, early on. But, but it's, it's just wonderful to see it. And, and what we want is for the field and all of us in the field to show the merit of this work, the value of this work, and, and, and what we can contribute. And who writes it down and where it shows up, different people are going to pick up different things. And, and resonate with them. And that's what we want, is there's a wholeness to all of this that, uh, you know, if I'm going to get into my really idealistic self, uh, can make the world a better place. Sure. Why yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How are we doing so far, you know? Well, we have just a little bit more work to do. Yeah, we do. I, you might have noticed, uh, uh, I can't help observing, evolution is a really slow process. Yes, but but we can all take steps there to get there every day. Mm -hmm. So are there, are there any kind of circumstances uh, with your therapy clients that would uh, compel you to not use astrology? Yes. Um, it's... It, it's it's a it's a clinical call, you know, where as I as I was kind of going into earlier, um, there are people who've been very traumatized, um, which is always a major consideration. And also, I should I'm I'm glad you asked that question too, Tony, <clears throat> because um, when people come in in a in a state of great stress and have been triggered in, in various ways, laying a whole bunch of astrological information or laying, uh, you know, insights on them. Uh, that's not helpful. I'm there as a human being, first of all. I'm there as a therapist to address that with them. And so depending on the level of trauma um, and, and other very complicated things in someone's life, it, it's, it's a major consideration about whether to introduce astrology. It's a first consideration. You know, there's certain character profiles that are, can be too susceptible to literalizing the symbolic language of astrology and, and the thinking of astrology where, um, and, and I'm sure you've had this experience too, I think most astrologers have, where you know, I, I always try to stay aware. We don't know what people are actually hearing when we speak. So we have to speak as clearly as possible, communicate as clearly as possible, and as compassionately as possible. But I've certainly had clients come to me over the years where someone said to them, well, you know, you have an afflicted Saturn, or you have an afflicted moon, or uh, your your son is in detriment, or you know all the all that old language is in there, 
and we can dismiss it as old language, archaic language, and um, I'm always questioning how helpful is it to use it at all, but, but they've gotten hold of that, and it's gotten into the psyche. It's like, a, like an earworm, you know? And so it's, it then becomes a belief that I'm cursed by this Saturn or this bad moon or, uh, I mean, I've heard really in, I, again, I think most of us have some real horror stories around that. So it, there's an assessment that needs to be done around the, the tendency for astrology to sound causal. You know, well, you're in this horrible situation because you have this chart. Or and those transits or this whatever, yeah, solar arcs, whatever it is, yeah. Whatever it is. And, and um, they're, they're, it, it's, we, we, it's not true, but there are certainly, as we know, people with more complicated lives than other people. And how do we respect that? How do we illuminate that on, an, on this different level and give meaning to that while at the same time understanding that this is quite complex? I mean, why do we call things complexes? Because they're complex, you know. And, and um, there's a, a wonderful poet and scholar from many years ago named Kathleen Rain, and she she noted that you know symbol and and myth above all they express relationship you know not between facts uh, of, of one kind or another but in terms of the multiple levels of of our reality and we need to know that the client is in an internal place where exploring those multiple levels could be helpful in further centering and grounding this person rather than further adding to fragmentation. Does that make sense? What, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, we don't want somebody to get all split. Well, it's my Saturn or, you know, Mars made me do it or, or, or uh, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, it's a power. What I'm saying there too is it's a power. Astrological language is powerful. Whether people think it is or not. And, and we, we have to be respectful of the, of the power of it. Yeah, and I think as a, as a young person, just being introduced to astrology, I can reflect back on, well, I had my first reading when I was 15, so, um, so someone say that might be too young for uh, the kind of reading that I had. It was a full-on, you know, professional natal chart reading, um, and I, I, was, I ended up babysitting for the astrologer, so I got into um, a relationship with her where I got to know her more, and she taught me a lot more about astrology and that kind of piqued my curiosity about astrology. Um, but on the inverse of that was that certain statements were kind of like, um, I was very impressionable and I, I, I just assumed that she was the authority on the subject and she was telling me how it was. And then those I, years later, I can still hear those statements in my brain as if it's yes. like a voice of authority. And, um, and it's, it's, uh, I think even when people, show up casually for an astrology reading and think, oh, well, my friend got one and it sounds like it might be interesting. You know, it's like mm -hmm. um, even those folks who they may not take it as seriously as they think, um, you, th they'll come away with something where it's like, well, I remember that one astrologer said to me that time that I'll never make, I'll ne it'll never be easy for me to make money, right? Yes, and then, yes, <laughs> on. On. And, and then it's like, well, is that a, is that because you've been running that program in your mind this whole time? And so is it self-fulfilling prophecy or 
what's going on here. So, um, yeah, it is, I, I think of when I see the sun in detriment or whatever, I just think, Oh, that's an interesting sun. <laughs> you know, so yeah. let's yeah, talk, like, let's talk about what's interesting about that. And know, why so. is that there? Why yeah. is it there? I mean, if, if we believe that the soul made a contract with itself to incarnate or whatever, however you want to frame it, why is it there? Why is the sun not in another sign? Right. Um, I remember many. And what's, and what's the gift of it? I mean, because there is one. Yes. There has to be. Yes. Yes. And 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 the other piece that that uh, my mentor, my astrological mentor, Richard Eidemann, uh, again, God bless his beautiful soul. Um, early on, I learned uh, uh, about dispositors uh, from him, and so. You know, it's, all, it's hard to write about astrology and all that cookbook stuff that we know about. But, but what, you're, what you're talking about is along the lines of, oh, you've got the moon in Aries. You know, so now I know all about you is where, where, where that can come in, in, into the language that lands in your head. But, okay, you have the moon in Aries. Where's your Mars? And is your Mars in Pisces? Is your, is your Mars in Aries? Is your Mars in Cancer? That's a different moon than just a quote-unquote moon in Aries. And moon in Aries is not chopped liver. It's not insignificant. But there are these other shades, these other archetypes that are dancing in the background or in the foreground there too. And I think that, that is always, I always do a dispositor chain when I do a chart because – you just look at the trail. Again, the trail of bread comes to some central place sometimes, and it's very different than what you think you're kind of on the surface looking at. But, yes, you, you made such a, an important point where it gets stuck in our heads, and we can even dismiss it and say, well, you know, that was, I was 15 years old when she said that. But as you were describing that, I had the picture of whoever comes is going to the shaman's hut for a consultation, even though it's an apartment in downtown New York, you know, and it's, that's an archetypal experience in itself, even though I was just curious. Well, why are you curious right now about this? And um, being aware of the power of, of worth. And it's also, I mean, therapists have power too. They say, you know, my God, here you are in your repetition compulsion. Okay, well, that puts it off on you. You're repeating this behavior again, whereas, I mean, I sometimes look at that and say, okay, so a, 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 a certain kind of psychologist might say to a client, oh, my God, this is the fourth alcoholic guy in your life. You know, what are you doing at this point? We've worked on this. We've looked at this, and here's another one. And the, the astrologer could bring to that, well, where's Neptune in your chart, in this person's chart? What is, what is the metaphor of alcoholism carrying that this person is trying to get to that seems to keep showing up in, in a relationship with alcoholics? There's something else going on. It's not, quote-unquote, simply a repetition compulsion. It's, no, the soul is trying to discover something, get to the root of something, is yearning for something, and it keeps getting literalized in the form of dealing with an alcoholic. Are we looking at 
savior victim stuff? Are we looking at the yearning for transcendence? Are we looking, we could be looking at so many things there. And that's where to me, astrology can be again, very, very valuable. And have you seen people in your own practice make uh, sort of quantum leaps or have big transformations? In, in therapy practice? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, using astrology or not, I'm just, you know, the, the idea, the idea I come across a lot is that it, it takes most people a long time in therapy to make any kind of progress. And, um, and then I, some people who work with astrology say that, you know, um, that that can unfold faster. But, um, I'm just curious if you've seen um, big shifts or changes where somebody really does break a, a pattern that's been a lifelong pattern or, or um, forges a path. Yeah. I do. And it's not universal. It's not. People are in therapy for different reasons. Uh, I've had people come in to do a piece, or, you know, to address a specific issue. And then we finish. We, we really do the work on that. They resolved it to their satisfaction. That's all I care about. It's not to my satisfaction. It's to their satisfaction. And, but they stay on because the process of exploring is valuable to them. I've had that experience. I, I have some clients who've been with me off and on for more than 30 years. And I've had other clients who were in for well, six months, problem resolved and, you know, got the new job, left the relationship, moved to Timbuktu, you know, whatever they, they needed to do. And um, it, it's not my call to say which is which. But you, you, you bring to mind uh, quite a few years ago, uh, a woman came in for therapy and uh, she... <sighs> She had a, a basically a Christian orientation to the world. Just early on describing her education, she did not know I was an astrologer at the time. This was quite a while ago because uh, the person who referred her, it's a whole story. Um, anyway, she, she I, I managed to get her birth data. <laughs> I, have, I have certain ways of doing that. They mostly work and sometimes they don't, but I, I, I just try to do that because it just helps me so much. So what I saw, I mean, what had happened was there'd been a, a dramatic change because of, uh, of an injury of a family member and her role in the family changed and it, it was very, very difficult. Now, she went through, she was going through changes, but what I also saw in her chart was she had four planets in Virgo between zero and 23 degrees and Pluto was in Sag and going to square all of them. Now, you know how long a Pluto transit takes and we never talked about astrology at all. But what I experienced with her is she really worked in therapy. She would take stuff. She wanted homework she would, you know, dig in and look at stuff and experience and articulate her struggle with change uh, and, and all sorts of emotions. And, of course, we were doing family background work and family systems work and, and, and all of that. But she showed up regularly. She worked on her issues. She was dedicated to the whole process. And I believe a 
let's say classically trained therapist with perfectly fine, you know, creds would probably be wondering why the hell hasn't she moved on from where she is by now? Cause she sees all this. She's, she's just, you know, like the, 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 the client that just is so dedicated and you have such appreciation for that. What the hell are we, what, what is the problem? And I was able to look and say, well, these Pluto transits are long and deep. And I could see, and there were, of course, other things going on in her chart too. And, and, and things change with her family and, and, uh, what happened eventually was by the time those Pluto transits, about five or six year period in therapy, right at the end of it, she said, okay, that's it. Here's what's happened and we're moving. And she moved out of state and there was a gift of a house that came to her and the family, which was, oh my God, how in a million years, you had a little Jupiter action there. Um, and, and she was done. And it, it was that ability to sit with and not have my agenda take over and think I couldn't do anything more for her because she's just not moving fast enough. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? That Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I, that's, that's a beautiful story. I resemble that remark myself because I went through six of those Pluto squares. And I had a similar experience with, uh, with therapy. In, I, there's a a four planet um, conjunction in my chart that's really intense. And it was specifically to that piece. And then when the Pluto transit was, was done with that, um, I was really done with therapy and I was, I had, I had for all intents and purposes healed what I intended to heal. And, um, and I was, I was, it was just over and I haven't had to revisit it since then. So um, astrology can also describe those, those cycles um, for somebody. So that's a really nice window to have. You know, the reason why I was asking about transformation is because I was just thinking if someone is someone out there who's listening, who feels um, stuck or who feels defined by one of these labels, you know, any, any, like you said, it doesn't, it's not just astrology that can kind of hit you with a a label that defines you. Um, You know, the medical establishment does it all the time. And um, if, if we're, if there's somebody who's feeling stuck and like they can't get past something like that, just to hear the stories of others who have been able to change a really deep set pattern, I think can be really inspiring. So. um, Yeah, absolutely. And and it also, you know, it it, it gives us patience I mean, I've got a chart too, just like you. And you see stuff and, and you know what you're in and you think, oh, dear God, you know. And and yet having that archetypal reference point that, okay, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I have to figure a way. I, I sometimes call it swimming in this psychic soup, you know, that I have to find a way to – because this – well, one of the images I've used for many, many years is when Pluto – Uranus, Neptune, the Saturn, you know, the big guys knock on your door um, and they're coming for dinner. Uh, you don't say, oh, yeah, help yourself to peanut butter and jelly in the, in the fridge, you know, and I'll see you later. You say, and what sort of seven course meal might I prepare for you? Oh, great. <laughs> oh, great archetypal force of the universe. Um, how might we dance together? You know, how can yeah, how can we dance together in a way that will, that, you know, you're knocking on my door now for some reason, and you weren't knocking on my door 
10 or 12 years ago and now you are. And, and so it's, it's uh, you know, that image that, that Hillman has of the acorn with all of the information in it, that little tiny thing has all the information needed to become an oak tree. And a lot of acorns drop on the ground and they don't become trees, but a lot of them do. And so how do we honor that acorn and, and know that that tree is going to grow at its own pace and we can facilitate uh, that. And, and so that's one of the things I did with this client, you know, and I think it's a challenge, not just for therapists, but for who are astrologers, but for astrologers as well is um, this client in her way really taught me how to convert astrological language into plain English that would be helpful to her because I, out of respect for her, couldn't talk about astrology. So, but I'm still using it, my knowledge of what's going on, and then framing, well, does it feel like this? And might it look like that? And, and, and that, to me, makes a richer uh, experience, you know. And what astrology provides to me for the therapist is it's impossible to become rote with the therapy. You, you don't have, here's the system, and here are, here are the seven steps to that, and the eight steps to that, and if you just do this stuff, you know, all will be well. It, it, it's, um, uh, it, it's impossible to get um, kind of, I don't know, just detached with a model, you know. Um, Right. So astrology help, helps keep, keep it more alive and, and real and in the moment. I still love the work after all these years. I, uh, I just, I, I love the work and that, that's, that's a gift, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's a great uh, place to wrap things up for today, Hadley. And we'll definitely have you back to continue this conversation again um, and, and talk more because I, I have a lot more questions for you. So, um, Thanks for taking time out to join us on the show. And then we'll have Hadley back this summer. We're hoping to bring you in to, to share some of this family systems work at some point that we've been talking about. Yeah. And um, yeah. Well, so I want to we'll take a look at um, uh, addiction in the family system in its various forms and see what we can do with that. Awesome. That's a deep, deep topic. And I'm, I can't wait to, to hear what you have to share. So um, watch the Astrology University calendar for that as well. And thanks again for taking time out of your schedule today to talk with us, Hadley. It was a pleasure, Tony. It's always great to talk with you. Yeah, beautiful. And I'll talk to you again soon. And thanks, folks. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Astrology University podcast. Study astrology online with some of the great astrologers of our time at www.astrologyuniversity.com, where we offer webinars, online classes, and virtual summits to bring you inspiration, connection, and insight through the study of astrology. Take good care, and we'll see you next time.